Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, right. I, I, you know, I, where do we even begin? I mean, I mean, first of all, <laughs> we had two good games. Both went into overtime. Um, both road teams won. Both number uh, two seeds won. So on the football level, you certainly have um, some uniqueness there. I don't know that – I don't know. You'd have to go back and see, has there ever been a year that the two number two seeds were, were, happened to be on the road um, and, they, and, they, and they both won? I don't know if that's happened. And if it has, it's probably been a while. Um, so, so there's some uniqueness there. And then we've got kind of the same, oh, here we go, New England again. Um, no matter how much we count them out, no matter how much we doubt them, um, you know, they, they, they're back. <laughs> uh, they're back. And, and, you know, I mean, I think we had, um, I think me and, uh, me and Train went with the Pats and JB and K-Star kind of went with the Chiefs. And then we all picked the Saints. And, uh, frankly, I think we should all, uh, we should all be right on that one, frankly, if you ask me. Um, you know. So let's, let's start with let's start with that game. <laughs> and you know, obviously, we know you know we don't have to rehash every everyone. I mean, unless I don't know, I, I don't. I, I think everybody um, knows about the missed pass interference call, and um, it's been all over. Not just you know sports news. That's actually been all over regular news. So it's that is you know, and that's how you know that this was a huge call because like regular news covered it too. And um, even to the point where I hear there's a petition um, for, you know, for Goodell to do something that apparently he has the power to do, um, you know, which is order a rematch. And um, they do the Saints, some Saints fans have filed a, uh, you know, lawsuit. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we don't need to spend any time on that really, honestly, because it ain't going to happen. So, to spend more than five seconds, I'm, I'm letting everybody know it's been filed, and there is a vague rule that would allow in the most extreme cases for Goodell to throw out this game and order an immediate rematch. So, so technically, it is possible. Um, you know, it, there's really, like I said, it ain't going to happen. There's no reason to spend more than three seconds on that. Um, he's not going to set a precedent over a bad call. We've had bad calls in the league before. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the severity of this one call, but I, I would I would say that the, the power that he has would be if we found out that the ref that looked the other way was paid off or something. You know, I mean, if it was something that significant, you know, where people that were, you know, referees were paid off to, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, make missed calls, that might be something where he'd have to take a second look. But we had we had Bounty Gate. <laughs> with the Saints and Greg Williams years ago, and no games were replayed. Okay, so so it, it ain't gonna happen. So, but that said, um, you know, I guess my question would be: moving forward, there's been a lot of discussions on remedies. How do we resolve this? I, and, and let me just make sure that we are all on the same page before I ask for possible solutions moving forward. Is any one of you three, I'm going to tell you where I'm at. It's, it's just clear. Um, it costs the Saints the game, period. Like, I put it on Facebook. I 
put it on Twitter. Um, that and and I am I am very rare to point to a play and say that cost the team a game. But on this particular play, at this particular time, it cost the Saints the game. Period. I don't care what happened after. I don't care about the interception the overtime. I don't, I don't care. They call that play. Um, the Saints get a chance to kick a field goal in that game. And at that, you know, I think it's almost impossible. That, uh, from that point, the guy's on this field goal as time runs out. In, in indoor stadium with no weather. My opinion, cost Saints game. I just want to know if any if you three disagree with me before we move forward. If you disagree, then we need to have that conversation. Do any of you disagree that that call cost the Saints game? My only question is if you I believe that to be the disagree. case. Yeah, if you believe that to be the case, and I do, I actually agree with you. But if you believe that to be the case, do you also believe that the Steelers were cost the game in a similar scenario on a fake defensive PI that was called at the end of the game versus Saints because they've had they've had some calls go their way this year and I didn't hear too much you know complaining from people about how it cost them the game even though arguably it cost them the game I just think there's more magnitude in this particular game so it's more concentrated but I mean did you think that you know there were other instances I, I, in which I have K Star with all due respect I have zero desire to talk about the Steelers today. We're talking about this game. I don't give a damn about the damn Steelers. They didn't even make the playoffs. Don't waste my time talking about the Steelers. They didn't even make the playoffs. Okay? Let's stay focused here. You want to bring up the damn Steelers? They didn't make the playoffs. Seriously? Want to talk about Brown situation? Want to talk about the goddamn Steelers? I got way more problems than a P.I. Oh, my God. The point – hold on, hold on. Ignore the Steelers. As a the fact, point is, the point is, is the there have been questionable calls. There have been questionable calls throughout the NFL season, you know, and this was more of a microcosm of it. So, I don't know. I, I agree. Did the call cost the Steelers but... a chance to go to the Super Bowl? No. Let's the move playoff. on. The question the playoff, on the <laughs> table. I'm talking about the damn Super Bowl, K-Star. Man, talking about yes, the I agree with you. I agree with you anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah, it did. It did. I'm not even talking about Des Bryant from 40 years ago because it was a divisional game. It ain't the same. You just did. This, he, you just did that. Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. We're talking about the Super Bowl. So, K-Star agrees. Eddie, Train, JB, you guys agree? I, I, of course. I, I disagree to disagree. Oh, man, shut up. You agree. <laughs> <laughs> Train, don't don't confuse us with your PhD. With your <laughs> We're not quite there yet, so. Double yeah, your train okay. left the station early on that one. Okay, so so if we all agree, um, and Train, I'll start with you. How do what do we do moving forward? Okay, there's not going to be a replay. This is this ain't going to be fixed. But you know, in seven months. We're right, eight months. We're right back, starting a new season up. Um, and let me just and let me let me even back away from that question. And first, I, I mean, do you think this needs to be addressed, or is this a one-shot fluke, not worth changing anything? It doesn't happen often. Uh, get over it. Let's move on. Or do you think this needs to be addressed? And and this is the same question I want all three of you guys to answer. Okay, is this something that needs to be addressed? Yes or no? And if you think it does what would be your proposed solution? Start with 
you, Dr. Train? Uh, first question, yes, simply. Um, as far as the solution is, is where it starts to get a bit tricky. Um, you know, I've heard all this of allowing them to, you know, challenge, uh, challenge calls in that nature. And I guess you could, um, but like everything else that I've heard, you know, I don't, I, I love, I enjoy watching football. I don't want to watch a four hour game though. <laughs> really, so, I want so to get that, that, do, that three hours. So, what would um, be your for, solution? I don't really want to hear what ain't going yeah, on. What do you my, think would be a way to fix it? For 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 me, um, it kind of starts with uh, the refs. I don't currently know. It's not really said, but I don't know what happens uh, to refs that blow calls in that nature. Because you know, as I, as as the referee has, as the refereeing has started to come to the forefront, you know, we've learned that you know this seven man squad, you know, act their guys with particular tasks, and one of those tasks is uh, being able to call pass interference when that ball is in the air. And for him to be in front of it and still miss it doesn't make sense. And I wonder what kind of repercussions are in place. For me, I would start there. I can help with that. So there are repercussions. There generally are repercussions for a missed call. There are repercussions for a pattern. Refs are graded at the end of every game. And then when you get into the playoffs, they have all-stars. So the best of the best are the ones. So crews work games throughout the year until the playoffs. And even this year, there were some important games down the stretch where they, they had all-star refs instead of crews. But generally, the crews work together until the playoffs. And then the top of the individually graded refs are the ones that are asked. So theoretically, you are getting the best of the best, the ones that had the highest you know, weren't missing calls, were on top of their game throughout the season, those are the ones that are they get rewarded by uh, being able to ref the playoff games. So, um, so, the, so on the other end of that, at the end of the year, the refs are graded, and if you're on the low end of it, there's a lot of things they can do. They can fire you. Um, they can send you back for training. Um, you know, they can, you know, I don't know if there's any kind of uh, – I don't know if there's any type of like, okay, you're not going to do as many games or that kind of thing. I know they, they, they turn refs over. So if you're not good at this, they will let you go. Um, and I do know that there are times because, because the rules change constantly. And so, and this year was a tough year on the refs. So in a situation like this where there's a lot of rule changes, they tend to err on the side of caution because it, it takes a lot. It's a while for a ref to really get up to speed. So they'll offer them an opportunity to be trained. So that's what I know. If it goes deeper than that, I don't have that information. Okay. I mean, if they are doing something, they're doing something. I, um, I mean, the, the only other thing I could think of is uh, for additional challenges. I'm just not sure how that would work as far as the timing of the game. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. K-Star, same questions. I ain't repeating them. Yeah, so uh, I think they should add more instant replay to the game on, you know, potential PI calls, non-calls. Um, maybe they can have two or three. Well, maybe that can go in an auto review with under five minutes or something along those lines. But they do need to incorporate more technology in the game. It's getting better year after year. Um, 
you know, human error is human error. It's going to happen, and it's always going to be more. Uh, it's always going to be subjective calls that are made or not made, and you can limit that. We've seen through challenges in the past, and there's no reason why you can't then apply it to non-calls. Um, you know, you simply you would challenge it. You'll go to the booth, they'll review it, and you go from there. I don't think it's too complicated, and I think that they have the technological advancement now in this day and age to see it, all the camera angles that should be provided, and uh, they should implement something of the sort. Okay. JB? To answer your first question, yes, something has to change. Granted, this doesn't happen every time, but given the magnitude and the fact that people's jobs are at stake um, based upon the, the the magnitude of it, something has to change. So with that being said, uh, I agree with K-Star. I think more technology needs to be in here, but before we even go that far, there needs to be a rules change. I think they need to uh, discuss more about what can be reviewed versus what can't be reviewed. And as far as I recall, PI calls cannot be reviewed, and this is obviously one that should have been. So that's somewhere that I would start. Um, I've heard folks talk about, well, how far does it go? Do you review the entire play, or do you just review what took place? That That's that question. So if we want to continue down that path, I would focus more on what has an impact on the play. So obviously with this particular instance, that particular situation is going to have an impact on the play. Not so much a, a five-yard holding on the other side of the field. That's not going to have an impact. So I would focus more on the impacting of that particular play, as well as making sure that calls can be reviewed, um, especially calls where it's a PI, because you have so much at stake in terms of the, the penalty. I think that's the biggest penalty out there because of spot foul. So um, that's the, the route I would go in. Okay. Um, so I, I, mean, I agree with some of what you guys said. Um, I gave this a lot of thought, and – um, you know, I don't watch baseball because it takes too fucking long, <laughs> okay? Um, it's just too slow of a game for me. So I don't watch it. Um, I don't watch basketball until the playoffs because there's too many damn games. I used to watch it all the time when Jordan was playing. I'd watch every Jordan game I could get my hands on. Now, eh, not so much. Playoffs come, I watch playoffs. But I watch football. I'll watch every football game I can get. Love football. But as Train said, I like knowing that the game is about three, three and a half hours max. We start adding all this stuff, we're going to have a longer game, and we're going to have problems. It's not going to be the same game. So here's what I would do. Um, I, would, I would make one change and one change only. I would give the teams an extra challenge in the playoffs only, one extra challenge. And that one challenge, you have one challenge that you could use anything at any time. So you decide what you – but you only get one a game. So if it's the first five minutes and you really think that that was the call, that was going to – you know, the, the, the Eagles fans back – this wasn't a playoff game. The Eagles fans bitched and moan about – the, the turnover against the Cowboys, they say it changed the whole game. It was a first-played game. And I argued with some Eagles fans, like, are you kidding me? You had 59 minutes and 30 seconds 
to still figure out a way to win that game. Don't tell me that that changed the entire game because I don't want to hear it. But, oh, momentum and all that garbage. Okay, so give the teams in the playoffs only, not the regular season. Sorry, too long. You got, you got 16 games to figure out how to win 11 or 12 to get in the playoffs. So, no. But in the playoffs, give the teams one extra challenge. So they have um, two challenges, and if they get them go both right, they get a third. We'll give them a challenge that they could use on anything. And it's just one. So, hypothetically, there's a, uh, there's a catch, and the catcher's rule to drop, but you think it's a catch, and you throw the challenge flag. Well, that's challengeable. So that's not your one because that's challengeable. But let's say later on you're out of challenges. You've used your two. You were right on one. You were wrong on the other one. So you're out of challenges. But now we have a pass interference. You have that one challenge, and you could use it on anything one time again. So use it wise. Use it wisely, I should say. That's my solution. Is it perfect? Nope. <laughs> nope. I think it happens so infrequently that I don't want to see wholesale changes. I don't want to see pass interferences reviewed because you could literally call pass interference on almost every play. And there are times that we watch the game and what, what do we hear them saying? Well, they're letting them play. Good no call. Could they have called it? Yeah. But the flow of the game, the ref was like, yeah. Those, those guys have been battling back and forth, and he's been given as good as he's been taken. I'm not calling that. Now, technically, was it pass interference? Yeah, maybe. But they're making a judgment call on a lot of these plays, and they're letting them play, and they're saying, Matt, it wasn't egregious. He still had a shot at the ball. I'm not going to call it. So I would not be for pass interference just blatantly. You can, you can just challenge pass interference because I, I think there's so, there's so many times that it could be called that it, it's going to be a problem. I would, however, be for that one extra that you could use on anything you want. And now, as K-Star alluded to and Jay agreed, with the technology we have, I'd say the vast majority of the time we can get it right, although the Edelman one, Still really don't know, right? One angle, oh, no, I didn't touch his hand. On the other angle, oh, maybe it's it, right? Um, so I, I don't know. But I think giving a team that opportunity, if we go back to the Saints game and they had that one challenge, they throw the flag, and, and that one's blatant. And that's the type of penalty that you want to be able to say, oh, I've got to challenge this. This was, this was blatant. What do you guys think? I'd be in favor of that. I think it's something that um, whew, they would have to be extremely judicious with it because then you're going to find that a lot of times no one's going to use it just because that circumstance doesn't come up. But I'm all right with that. I don't think that would be an issue or too much of an issue and, and from what I'm thinking and how I'm viewing and how it would play out. I guess I'd be all right with that. Are you saying one no matter what at any point in the game, or does it pop up within the last five minutes, or which one was any, it, just to make sure I heard you? Any point in the game. Any okay. point in the game. Because, you know, I'm going to – I'm not out – we're sitting here at home. They're out there. And, you know, there's a lot of things that happened in the first half near the end of the second quarter that are momentum builders that people carry into the next quarter. And if it's a bad call, that coach may be like, oh, no, I can't let this 
going to the next half. So, we, we had the momentum. We're about to lose it. So I'm going to so, allow the coach to make his make that decision at, at the point they feel in the game, this is a call I can't let go. So, T, um, trying to make sure I understand um, your recommendation. This one extra challenge, uh, it can so can it still be used on the same things that your normal two challenges would be used on? Or only for those things that your other two challenges are not used for? Um, you can use it on anything you want, so yes. So if you've used your first two and they're gone, and as you guys know, if you use two and you get them both right, they give you a third. But if you use two and one of them you, you, you lose, you don't get any more. Well, in this case, you'd have a third challenge. And that third one can be used on anything, whether it's, you know, whether it's a catch, which is challengeable, or whether it's pass interference, which isn't. You have that, that third one to use on anything you would desire. I, I guess in one sense I like it. I, I guess the only thing I, I would – my only suggestion to it was that would that be – would be that this third challenge – uh, can only be used for, and hopefully that wouldn't be confusion, but maybe it would create confusion, not sure. But because um, it seems like with the suggestion, you, basically they just get three challenges regardless. Uh, so, you know, what happens under the old rule, you know, that you end up winning two challenges? What would you, <clears throat> do you eventually end up getting four? Like, you see what I'm saying? The, the, what yeah. advantage would it be to making sure you win your win your challenge? Because there's an advantage well, well, to winning your challenges as well. The, the advantage, the, the reason I propose it the way I proposed it is because this isn't this isn't something that you necessarily would use every week. This mm-hmm. and it's only for the playoffs, so it's not very. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Just I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just for the playoffs. This is this is because the playoffs are one and done. This isn't a seven-game series, right. as we know. So yeah. we're going to build in a system that gives you one extra opportunity to challenge no matter what the penalty is. You can challenge it, and just for the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I see. this is so, just, just my okay. idea. I'm not saying this, this, I, hey, I, I'll ask you three to go first, so I'm not even saying my idea is the best. So, I'm just trying to put something that won't disrupt the flow of the game but can be used in a situation like what we just saw in New Orleans. No, um, in in one sense, I it, it 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 because you because you're definitely limited to playoffs, um, where it re- I mean not that not in the other games matter, but this one, you know, you want to have the best integrity of the game as you possibly can, uh, having a third challenge that will allow you to uh, challenge things is is a good one. So, so my. Um, I think it's a good idea. The only thing I would say is that needs to be applicable to the regular season only for those other two challenges to, to include pass interference. Um, because if we were to implement, for instance, that rule tomorrow, that wouldn't have been able to fix what happened yesterday or on Sunday during the game. Because why not? If, yeah. Well, it's under it's under two minutes, right? So the officials have to change the rules in order to even review it to begin with. Because as it stands by rule, they don't have to, you know, they don't, they don't put pat, questionable pass interference, no calls or, or, you know, pass interference reviews in challenge whatsoever. 
And I would imagine that right. if we're going with but I, I think, so I, I my think point is it could, it could work, but they would just need to they just need to expand the rule rule set to say pass interference is also something that can be challenged. No. And then I think that would be sense. No, no, you could challenge pass interference once a game in the playoffs. You have that one challenge. Yeah. Why not just have it in the regular season too? Third quarter, then you shot your. That's it. So if there's another one down the road, even if you have two challenges, too bad. You can't challenge it again. See what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, but I think they should just do that for the regular season too. Like they already have two challenges. Why not just let have potential pass interferences be called? Or a challenge. You, you, Either way, they burn those challenges up in the game anyway. You want a regular season, so it fix your Steelers issue, isn't it? Uh, well, I think he's – well, K-Star is saying not necessarily give them a third challenge. He's just saying mod- modify the rule to conclude P.I. Am I understanding you right? Yes. Okay. And I think the, yeah, I think, I, I think the third challenge would make sense in the playoffs because there's more at stake within the playoff game. I think that would be – that that would make sense to have a third challenge available in that only in the playoff uh, game. Yeah, I, I think we go down a slippery slope if we make pass interference reviewable anytime because it's just like holding. You could call it almost every play depending on the situation, the refs, the flow of the game, right? It's a judgment call. Now, this one mm. was egregious. This one oh my was clear-cut. There ain't no discussion, right? And that's why I say you only get to use it once. If it's a, an egregious call like what we just saw that really impacted, and, hey, this could have been a call in the first quarter where Sean Payton keeps it in his pocket and says, we got three more quarters to win this game. We're up 13 nothing, 7 nothing, 10 nothing. They missed the pass interference, but you know what? It's not worth me on my one call right now. It's not worth it. Judgment call by the by the coach. So I, I would be very careful about a rule that opens up pass interference. Like holding, you could almost every play make a case for pass interference or um, holding on the offensive line. And if we start being able to challenge those things, bruh. <laughs> that will, I mean, you know, pass interference, pass interference is easier, a lot easier to call. Than holding, but, it, uh, but why not a combination of proof? Because I mean? uh, and, and a combination of, of the two mean that uh, with with the pass interference, uh, you have to have X number of challenges. Right now, you, you automatically get to it. You, you're not going to be able to throw a flag on every time you see your pass interference call. You're only going to be able to get X number of challenges throughout a game. So. With that being said, you can use that end-all, be-all flag, if you will, the, the the money flag. We'll just call it that one since basketball, you got the money ball when you're doing a three-point contest. We'll call this the money flag. You can use that on anything, including pass interference. So if something egregious comes up or even if it's a bang-bang play and you still want to use it, you'll still be able to have that in the arsenal. Aren't you just saying what I just said? I am, but I'm clarifying for, for K-Star that that can be used for that as well instead of just saying review every single PI call. Just use that for for any one instance that you feel it needs to be used. Because you can't, you can't throw the, the challenge flag out 
all the time. Every time a PI call comes up, and one that you think is a PI call. So that's why I'm saying it from your side of the, of the fence. And then I'm also saying it from K-Star's side that you can use that money flag for end all be all, including one PI call that you find might be egregious, might be bang, bang, doesn't matter. You just have that one that you can use. Yeah, I mean, I think we, I think, I think, you know, clearly, K-Star, you're thinking about the Steelers game, and I'm not. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm no, thinking no, no, about this year. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about all the year as a whole. There was a lot of really pathetic calls this year in the NFL, um, and and we all know that pass interference calls are high leverage plays. That if they go the wrong way, uh, it could be 40 yards here or 50 yards there. That's a big chunk of yardage. Um, but so they're, but, they're really important. But, yeah, but do you agree with my statement that you could literally call pass interference on almost every play? You, you no, likely not every play. Uh, it's uh, man, almost because I've I've seen some plays was like wow, why did they call that? And I've seen plays that's like man, they they should have called it, and it wasn't even nowhere yeah, near as egregious as the one as the one from this past this past Sunday. But yeah, yeah, you're well, not supposed to touch. Certainly, the wide certainly, it is a subjective. You're not supposed to touch the wide receiver after the first five yards. Yeah, the game, they get touched all the way up and down the field. Okay, yeah. I'm telling you, you could make a case for for pass interference, defensive pass interference, defensive holding. You could make a case on more than half the plays out there. The refs understanding well, the flow of the game time. and understanding that the offensive challenges. side. Is, let, let me finish my statement. statement. And understanding the flow of the game and that the offensive guy, in some cases, are initiating the contact will keep the flag in their pocket and try to be judicious with that call. You open that up, we're going to have four-and-a-half-hour games. No, we won't because if you you have two challenges, you can still pick and choose when you challenge them. And you still have to have the opportunity cost. Well, if I challenge this, we're going to screw it up with the – Absolutely. So the question well, now is, is the question is, is it a review wait, wait, wait. or throw, throw the flag? Wait a minute. Throw the flag. You know how long that two minutes is going to take? If the booth has the buzz down and say that could have been pass interference, oh, that could have been pass interference. Oh, that could have been pass interference. Well, if you – I don't know. If you – I guess, uh, on a sense, if if you are – if it's within your, your two challenge uses um, – I don't know. I guess you have to look at how often, how often all four challenges actually get used in a game, and what and what effect that would have. Yeah, and I think I think that's the question really is between what is a review and what is a throwing right? because I think we're starting to muddy the waters up. If we're saying you can only use your challenge flag, then there's really nothing else to talk about. If we're talking about opening it up for reviews, then to to your point, yes, it's going to elongate the game. So Mm -hmm. which side are we falling on? Are we falling on the flag side or are we falling on the review side? After thinking about it, I'm I'm in agreement with T. I think it's more challenge flags than than because the review is going to take a long time. Well, you can still have it both ways. We're going to kick and eat it, too, if you just make the reviews under two minutes within the playoffs but only have those challenges available to you during the regular season, only, you know, uh, with the challenge flag and not something that goes under the hood for review automatically. See, see, see here's my problem. Or give a, here's, wait, hold, hold tight, Jeff. Here's my problem. We ended up with the four best teams 
this week. So no matter how many bad calls were made or missed calls or whatever, at the end of the season, we ended up with who should have been in the conference championship game. Okay? But, but not the Super Bowl. Okay, but not the Super Bowl. I mean, the train may have an issue, but it's – I'm sorry? No, I'm trying to keep, I'm not, trying to keep not, quiet, you know. I agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> well, well let, me, let, me, let me finish my point. You come up with the championship game, and I, I said, and I but not the Super Bowl, and that's why we're talking about it. Well, this, well, well, well let him right. finish his statement, bro. Let him, let him get it out. <laughs> so my point is, Train could have an argument, but his kicker did miss the kick. So there's really not much of an argument, but his team was worthy. My point is, we had a number one, number two seed in both divisions make the conference championship. No matter how many missed calls we had during the season, we still had a top two teams in both conferences make it to the championship game. We are having this discussion because there's a team that rightfully should have been going to the Super Bowl. Why I don't see that we need to make wholesale changes based on one call that, yes, I agree, that team should be going to the Super Bowl. So I'm looking at that saying, how do we make sure a year from now we're not having this conversation again? What can we do? I'm not worried about regular season because I think it happens mm-hmm. out. They miss some calls. They make some calls. You lose some here. You get some there. You sit there in the first quarter time. I can't believe they missed that call. And then in the third quarter, you're sitting there saying, oh, wow, I'm glad they missed that call. It evens out over 16 games. But playoffs are one and done, and there's so much on the line. I'm looking at what is the simplest thing we can do that a year from now, we're not sitting here saying the Bears or the Cowboys or the Steelers got robbed from going to the Super Bowl because of one missed call with a minute left to go in the game. And I can't think of anything else. I'm, I'm open to but I think making a huge change like oh, all past interferences should be reviewed, I just, I think that, that's an overreaction. Uh, well, that, that, I didn't say all of them should be reviewed. I said that they can choose to challenge them with their two challenges if they expand the rules to – if they expand the challenge scope, essentially, to include that. That's all. And that's what I was trying to get at. Were we talking about a full-fledged review or were we talking about throwing the challenge flag? So that's what you're saying, challenge Challenge, challenge flag. flag. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but challenge flags means that in the final two minutes, it can also be reviewed by the booth. Yeah, because you can, you can just simply have the booth review in the playoffs for pass interference with under two minutes yeah, left. And, 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 and thus, you could literally be having the booth buzz after every pass play reviewing. Because but, no, he's talking about the flag, though. You can't throw a flag on every pass play. You only get a couple no, that you can use. In the last in the last two minutes, when you can't challenge, then you are forced for upstairs to buzz and say, we're going to review. They can review everything that is challengeable. So if you say pass interference, then they're going to review pass interference. Just like if someone misses a catch and you can't challenge it, upstairs they're going to review to see if that was really a catch or not because the coaches can't challenge it. Same thing will now happen with pass interference in the final two minutes with, with that suggestion. That's why I, I'm, I'm nervous about adding pass interference because I think we're opening up a huge can of worms off of one play. Egregious, but still one play. Well, I, I will say mm-hmm. um, I, I do – I mean, at the end of the day, I do agree with you, T, from the sense that – putting this focus on the playoffs 
and understanding that, you know, this is one and done and go home. And really, it really does average out if you look at, if you look at egregious calls throughout, throughout the year. I mean, there have been bad calls, but uh, none to this caliber to, to quote unquote cost a team, cost a team a game like this, you know. So and, and over a sixteen game season, all of that should wash yeah. out anyway. Yeah. But we're talking about oh, basically, when you get to the playoffs, it's a one game season. In, in essence, so that that would wash itself out. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the issue here is. We're talking about the playoffs, and we're talking about the conference championship game. Um, but even we've all had experiences, you know, you know, in playoffs that have affected our teams. Um, many teams have. So, you know, this one was as bad as I've ever seen. Blatant missed call in a team that if they had called it, all but certain they're going to run the clock down, have the uh, Rams burn their timeouts, kick a field goal, Rams, Rams don't see the ball. I mean, game will end. The only thing is, will he make the kick? And, you know, it's going to be a roughly 22-yard kick, about the same, actually less than an extra point, about the same as the old extra point before they moved it out. <laughs> and we know why they moved the old extra point out, because they were making too many. Went from 99% to 94%. So it's fairly certain that the game would have been over. That's the problem we have here. That's why I think we have to be careful when we start suggesting major wholesale changes. I just think we're we're asking for we're asking for trouble. The games aren't been watered down enough. I just I don't want it watered down anymore. It's been watered down enough, my opinion. And this is the the only part that I'm still unclear of, and, and this is not trying to pick anything or start up stuff. I'm just trying to really understand. We talk about it within two minutes, it goes up to the booth for review. So who's the one that's determining that it goes up to the booth for review? Is that based on the coach's input, or is that the, the referee saying because it's an uh, XYZ call of the bit for review? Well, I would imagine the HQ headquarters. Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of the, the New York and the who, who's ever in the Stadium combination of them saying, "Hey, we need to review that play," which, 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 you know, um, you know, a part of me thought about could there be a way on an egregious call like this, where New York, I mean, they're sitting there watching the same thing we're watching. They're seeing that it's past interference, and they're powerless to do anything about it except tell Sean Payton, and after the game, yep, you're right, <laughs> you know. So what can we do so that they're so that they have the ability to fix that play because that play was egregious, and I don't have that answer other than challenge it. <laughs> you know, have the ability to challenge the the egregious play. And I, and I guess that's and, and that's what I thought was the case. It'd be between going to New York and and the rest that are already there on the field. So. I'm trying to understand, too, where you're coming from at your point. That's why I'm asking these clarifying questions. If it comes down to the refs and the folks in New York, then I still don't see how that could be, how your your point could, could actually come into play if they're going to challenge it every single time. If the refs don't see it and they don't feel it needs to go up to New York for review, there's, there's really nothing to discuss. Or if New York doesn't but New York anything to talk about them. 
right, New York right. can trigger the review right. if the refs in the stadium miss it. Inside of two minutes, right. they can so, trigger the review. So, okay. So, with that being said, I can't see them doing that on every single potential PI call. Well, but we don't know that. What we know is they could, and they can't now. And, and if you change the rule and make pass interference reviewable, then they could is the point. There's no way to know what will happen, so I'm not going to spend time on what, what may happen uh, or may not happen, but the, the potential is there that especially at the end of the game where in most cases, I mean, there's, there's a team trying to come back and they're generally, you know, we're, we're having this conversation because the Saints were passing the ball trying to win the game. So there's a lot of situations inside of two minutes where teams are passing the ball trying to score. And if we make pass interference reviewable, the potential for New York to be buzzing after every play will be there. That's that's the problem I have with pass interference just in general being reviewed. Okay. Not, not, all right. That's fine. I, I get what you're saying. I guess I just I, – you're right. The potential is there. I just don't think the probability will be as high as what, what it could be. But we don't know. And, no, and, no, we, we and don't. there's no reason. We don't, but. Right. And so implementing a rule without that certainty, without that control, I think would be a bad idea. We, 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 you know, we've got to be mindful of the fact that we don't want that to happen. <laughs> you know, we don't want to play after every play. There's a reason for them to stop the game. So that, that's why I'm saying that. Could it happen? Yes. No. So, so what do we yeah, do no. to make and, sure and that I, that's not even an option? Yeah, and, and I, I get where you're coming from. I, I just – I don't completely agree with that, but I get where you're coming from. Obviously, something well, has to change it, it, because we it, can't it, have a situation uh, like this. Well, I mean, there's nothing to disagree with. It is a fact that it could happen. That's not – there's no agreement or disagreement. It could happen. Now, whether it would or not, we won't know. We would never know. That would be something we would debate. Will it happen? Will it not happen? I don't know. Don't know until that rule changed and a game was played – in the playoffs or regular season, whatever, however, then we'd have to find out at that point in time. But the fact right. is that it could be after every pass play. And that's and what, what I'm saying want. is what what I'm saying is I'm willing to take the chance. You're not. That's the part that we disagree on. Um yeah, no, I'm not willing to take the chance. If it was my decision, no. I'm not willing to slow the game down that much and to kill the continuity of I think that's going to hurt the game, that the potential there is going to hurt far more than it would help. You know, offenses aren't able to get into a rhythm. You know, I I, I wouldn't want to risk that. You know, this is the first challenging pass interference. Like, this isn't new. Like, this has been talked about in the past. And generally, it comes down to how many things do you want to have challengeable? How many things do you want to have reviewable? And what about the sanctity of the game? What about the flow of the game? How much do you want to interrupt the flow of the game? So, you know, this, this is discussions that have been had before. And dare I say, the conversation we're having right now, they're going to be having again, a competition 
committee will be having again whenever they meet up in Miami after the Super Bowl and all that, and they do all of their postseason meetings. They're going to be having the same the same discussion. It ain't the first time. But no, you're right. It won't be the last season, and that's what I was saying. That's where we, we disagree. So that's right. fine. Obviously, something needs to change because you can't have this happen. That that was, and I'll even take it a step further. I'll even say that aside from the PI call, there's a, a conversation that probably could have been had about hitting defenseless hitting a defenseless receiver. That could be up for discussion as well. So there's, there's that's another uh, uh, layer to add to that. Uh I'm I'm just still blown away that that, that the the ref standing right there. That's that's the other part that, that just kills. That's why my in my initial response in my initial response I was like, what is the repercussions on the on the referee? And because you only got one job and it's right in front of you, and I just it it's perplexing, it really is. And train to make it worse, there were two. Now I also heard that these refs were from Southern California. That's what I heard. I can't. I, I haven't been able to find any factual evidence on it, but that's what I heard too. So I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it. But the fact remains, it wasn't just one. There were two of them there, looking at it within about five, ten yards of, of where it happened, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. It'll be a very interesting off season. Um, to kind of see what is the end result of this. You know, we've had uh, a lot of catch controversy over the past few years that seems to have quieted down some. We've had, you know, the uh, roughing the passer and the quarterback protection rule um, at the beginning of the season that they seem to have relaxed a bit. They were pretty um, aggressive at calling. I know, you know, we got hit with a couple. I saw, I remember the Packers, got hit with, you know, there were a lot of them early on that was kind of like, are you kidding me? But then they kind of eased off it a bit as the, as the season. And even even after four weeks, kind of an eating, it came down from the league office saying, hey, you know, some of these calls, guys are, you know, going to, we know we want to protect the quarterback, but, you know, you, you got, you're getting a little too far now. Let's, let's rope it in a little bit here. And they did. So now it's going to be, and I don't know if the, I don't know if the issue is going to be pass interference or the issue of reviews and challenges, um, you know, down the stretch. You know, I think that's going to be part of the issue. Uh, I don't know if it's just going to be pass interference. I know that will be part of it, but I also think they're going to be looking at what happens in the last two minutes of the game, what happens with challenges and things being able to be reviewed. But at the same time. We, we don't want the game to, you know, there needs to be a flow. Football is an action-packed game. That's what people like about football. So how do we keep that going but still make sure this doesn't happen again? And and I'll be interested to see what they come up with. And all i got to say is it is January 22nd. If they do what I suggested, I, I, I want a job. <laughs> Somebody you better hire me. That's all i got to say. You're going to take Dean Blandino's old job? Uh, no. Just for ha-has, um, I think we can we can kind of close the door on the pickums. I think I've um, solidified my title for the year. Um, <laughs> so, you know. No, we need to we got one game left. We need a vote. 
or we need to recount rather. I need the final standings. Uh, yeah, it, you know, if you want to be embarrassed by the fact that I'm right, that's fine. Yeah, because yeah. I am right. I had the best. <laughs> I had the best win loss sure. yes, in the playoffs, and, and me and JB were tied at the end of the regular season. So it's it's. it's I want some numbers. Okay, you can have them. Somebody. <laughs> I'm happy with my team. Oh, man. I want the numbers. Ain't nobody. First, you want to start talking about the Steelers. Now you want to talk about this doggone week. You say you want to recount. Man, this ain't just in the Florida. We ain't having no hands. Well, is that the Florida election? Yep, yep. So, a few topics. We're going to do picks next week, but I'm curious, even though we're going to make our official picks next week, I'm just curious if anybody right now is thinking about, you don't have to make your final pick today, so this is just curiosity, but is everybody, is anybody thinking about picking the Rams? Next uh, in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, Damn, I, I think I, I heard crickets. Hey, honestly, I'm 50-50 right now. So yeah, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Woo, boy, you couldn't hear you a pin drop for about a good seven seconds. <laughs> Um, I mean, we're not making picks, so. Dilly, I mean, dilly. Dilly. Yeah, no, we're not making picks now. We'll make them next week. I'll just say this, Jay, and this may you may be where I'm at, but I'm going to tell y'all where I'm at. Um, if the game was tomorrow, and someone said make your pick, I'm picking the Patriots. Right. But I have a funny feeling about this game. I don't know why. I really don't. It's something, it's not, this isn't, my feeling isn't football-based. It's gut-based. It's saying, you know, because football is matchups, right? Football is matchups. Right. And, and, and so on paper, right, you got the GOAT, you've got um, Belichick, you've got, you know, a team that, I mean, good God almighty, can't, can't, you know, listen, 19 years and nine Super Bowls in 19 years, okay? Like, like it, it's just so unbelievable. And in a year that, in all honesty, man, the numbers are pretty clear, Brady was not Brady-esque, right? I mean, that interception that turned into not being an interception, if that interception stands, he's got one touchdown and three interceptions. Like, like he hasn't been Brady. But like I said, 80% of Brady is still better than everybody else. And he still, when it counted, he was clutch and he did what he needed to do. And still, not being the Brady that we knew even from a year ago when he was MVP. And still had enough to take the, I mean, the Chargers whooped them like they was their dad. Whooped them. And now the Chiefs. And beat the Chiefs twice. And beat them in their stadium. Like, 
and back to their ninth Super Bowl in 19 years. Like, unbelievable. So when you look at that, you pretty much want to say, you know, when you look at the Saints going in there, you think they've been there before, Peyton, Breeze, you know, if there's any quarterback in the playoffs that is on Brady's level, you know, at least legendary-wise, it's Drew Brees, right? He's got just as many passing records as Brady does. And, like, that's a dream matchup right there. Although the matchup that would have broke every single record would have been Dallas and New England, just so y'all know. That, that's the game that breaks every single Super Bowl television record. But it ain't happening. Um, this one will not. Okay, this one will not break records. I'm predicting that now. So let's see what happens. But something with those Rams, like they should have lost this game. Not even just from the penalty. You're down 13 nothing to the Saints in their stadium, and you've managed to battle back and tie the game? The Saints ain't no slouch. Like, this is a veteran coach, veteran quarterback, a lot of veterans on that team. I Oh, there's something about the Rams that make me queasy. Like, could could the boy genius have some of his lead for the old master? You know? Uh, we'll talk about it next week, but I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Um, yep, there's but, room. That's where I'm at, too. Okay. Um, so, I did want to touch on... I, I'm, I, I laugh. I'm laughing. The biggest Romo haters ever are sitting there praising Tony Romo and his um, ability to call these games and his knowing what's going to happen before it happens, explaining to you why it's going to happen. Like, he's getting kudos. I mean, Stephen A. Smith give him credit. You know, this guy I know, um, what's his name? Patrick Henson, who was a huge Romo basher when Romo played, is giving him credit. Um, you know, there's just a lot of people that were Romo haters when he played, and now all of a sudden, he's God as an announcer. And I'm just like, yeah, how do you think he got there, guys? Like, what, what do you think? Yeah, don't call me a Romo hater. Don't say that. I wasn't a hater. What? Are you kidding me? I was a Romo hater. Right. I always thought he was really good. I always thought he was really good. I'm a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. You weren't a Romo hater. Hold on. Hold on. Don't go nowhere. Hang tight. Hang tight. Listen, listen to my record. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You don't want to come on the Madden Boys and y'all lose to Denver, man. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now, now I'm gonna forever, get. I would forever hate Tim Tebow. I'm gonna get on. Oh, straight, get on right now. <laughs> okay, with what you gave me about Romo and how oh, oh. this and that and Romo and he didn't do it and blah, 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 all that bull, man. Do not. I'm gonna tell you now. Get the food. <laughs> Get a cold, oh, get man. something, man. I remember this, like, this a, get a high ankle sprain, something. But you don't want to come on the Madden Voice next Tuesday night. If I don't care how, I don't care if Ben gets knocked out the first play and don't play the whole game. Don't come on the show next week because there's no way on earth the Steelers should lose. 
notice my reference to all the garbage used to give me about Romo. Okay, so just that's why I replayed. Hey, ain't hurt in a while. I know you missed it. You know, um, so so yeah. So I just I, I laugh now that everybody wants to hail Tony Romo in the booth, and I'm like, yeah. See, this is the same guy that played for the Cowboys, who was that damn good. Like, yeah, he took some risks, but he was a winner, and. I will say this until I die. We will never know. We will never know. But Tony Romo in 2016, if he stays healthy, the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. If he was healthy. That team was built for him, and he was, he was ready to go. And if he stayed healthy that whole year, Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Not just go. They would win. They would win. They went 13-3 and three with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back who just learned the system. You put in Tony, the same Tony now that everybody wants to hire as their offense coordinator and head coach, the same Tony that's an amazing announcer. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guy. That's the guy I said was going to take us to the promised land. He just had some injuries down the stretch. When he finally got to this guy that you see now, his body failed him, unfortunately. So we'll never know. But, man, woo! Um, and, and the other thing I was saying, I said it on Twitter. Um, yeah, there was another guy who was this good, and we, we must honor him because, because of him. You know, we have our show here, the Madden Voice. But if y'all go back, if y'all can remember, I remember very clearly, Jay, you may remember, uh, John Madden was, was – that was John Madden. Like, John Madden and the Telestrator, and that was John Madden. And now Romo is – a younger version doing the same thing, but Madden was the original. Madden was the one who knew everything. He's the one who taught us football. He's the one who taught us one knee equals two feet. You know what I mean? Like Madden taught us football, and now Tony's teaching the next generation football. So, you know, um, um, I love it because I love Tony. So I love it, but they, they need to stop thinking he's going to do John Gruden and come out of the booth and go coach. I, I don't think so. I don't no. I don't think Tony has any desire that to coach. Ain't, ain't I think he's very happy making his whatever. He's making his $3 million a year, whatever, getting his Emmy nominations. I don't think so. And, and he's about to get a raise, too. More incentive yes. to stay in the yes. booth and not come down to the field. So he ain't going anywhere. But I do appreciate his the X's and O's, but his, his um, fervor for the game, the excitement that he brings. I mean, he watches the game the same way we watch the game. The only difference is he's got an audience we don't. And and, and that's the purity of the game that, that I enjoy listening to him, and, and I get a kick out of it. He starts making all these noises and cringings and whatnot. We do the same thing sitting on the edge of our couch. He's doing it with a microphone in his face. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so we got the Pro Bowl coming up, and, um, you know – I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'll watch it because it's football. I'll watch it. We've got six guys that are eight that made it now, six that are going to play. Garrett and the Cowboy coaching staff will now be coaching the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, okay, great. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest. You know, I heard Dak is going. Um, I don't think Dak Prescott had a Pro Bowl year. Uh, Trubisky's going. I don't think he had a Pro Bowl year. Like, I don't know, guys. I mean, you know, there's such a difference between 
the, the quarterbacks that actually, the Drew Breeses and the guys that actually, you know, made it first vote. And now you start coming in with all these substitutes because the other guys are either injured or don't want to play or going to the Super Bowl, right? So, um, so now they start filling in because you need a roster. And now, you know, um, you know, Amari Cooper's playing. Uh, you know, he had a great half a season with Dallas, but is it was it is it pro football worthy? Well, if he had done that for the full season, yes. But it was still about a little over half a season. So, and it's my team. I'm talking. Like I, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I'm not impressed. You know, I, I'm not impressed with guys that had okay stats, decent stats, and now because the other starters aren't playing, okay, we got to, you know, somebody's got to play. Go ahead, you're, you're in the Pro Bowl now because it counts the same. You know, five years from now when we're counting Pro Bowls, those guys that went in as alternates, they get the same accolades as the guys that went in on the first, you know, the first voting. Counts the same. Paycheck's the same. You know, like you get paid if you win and you get paid if you lose. You get paid more if you win. But, you know, it, it, so there's no – they don't say, oh, well, you're an alternate, so you didn't make it in, so you're going to get paid, but you're going to get paid less. No, you, you're going to get paid full amount. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I mean, you guys – I don't know. I mean, Trey, you got a quarterback going. You think you, – you think I mean, I know you're happy, but you think he deserves to be in a pro, pro Bowl? Look, man, Chicago named five people originally to the Pro Bowl. Those are the five people that I think definitely deserve to go from Chicago. Uh, like you, I am not overexcited about the game. I'm probably, I, I, no, not probably. I am more excited about watching the Senior Bowl than I am watching the Pro Bowl. Um, deserve. And um, maybe checking out the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge because it's just kind of yes. like, like a fun event. But outside of that, yes. I can care less. Yes. As a fan, it's nice to see them get selected as alternates because there's still a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. But for what the Pro Bowl used to be, what it used to represent, um, no, I'm really just excited. I, I, I really, I'm just glad that the original five that, that you know went were truly selected as these were part of the Pro Bowl before they started. No, before they start all the offense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'll watch the game because it is football and it's the last chance I get to see the Cowboys, you know. Um, that's true. That, that, so that may be the other reason I watch. <laughs> I get to see Mitch throw a yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm more excited to see the Royal Rumble Sunday night, to be honest with you. Um, the Royal Rumble is always full of surprises. So I'm more excited to see the Royal Rumble than I am uh, the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. You know, a couple of uh, – uh, what was that? I was just going to say, uh, I, I may watch couple myself, of other things. but I just feel like – Okay, yeah. Um, I just want to touch on the Cowboys real quick. I want to touch on the Steelers real quick, um, and then we can get on out of here. But I just want to say that um, – you know, they, they uh, Linehan is gone, offensive coordinator. I agree with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, Kellen Moore, who was backup quarterback uh, two years ago, became quarterback coach. Um, now, apparently, he's the leading candidate to be offensive coordinator, and Jason Garrett called plays. Um, I don't know what Dallas is doing, but I don't like any of this. If 
bring John Kitten in as a quarterback mm-hmm. coach. Actually, that I don't mind. Kitten was a veteran. He played a long time, and I think there's a lot that he could offer a younger quarterback. So I'm okay with Kitten. Um, I, I, you know, Kellen Moore did nothing in this league, nothing, and then they made him quarterback coach. Okay, fine. That's 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 harmless. But now you want to make him offensive coordinator. So I thought the idea when you let Linehan go was something new, something fresh, something innovative. And then you're going to have Jason Garrett call plays. Well, Garrett called plays before and had a problem managing calling plays and managing the, the, the game at the same time. Missed calling timeouts at the appropriate time, and there were a lot of problems with him doing both. Now, he's more experienced now. Maybe he can, but I don't understand why Dallas just doesn't go and find – you know, Scott Turner is out there, North Turner's son. North Turner um, is a legend in Dallas, you know, offense coordinator. You know, him and Ernie Zampezi were, like, some of the best offensive coordinators Dallas ever had. So now you got his son, so why don't you bring him in? Talk to him. See what he's got. You know, we know the lineage is solid. They're, they're even considering Todd Haley. Are you fucking kidding me? Todd Haley is on the list of candidates? Like, like. I don't get it, Dallas. You have everything headed in your in your way. You had a good, solid year. Good, solid year. You know, like everything. Got a young, the youngest team on paper. The youngest team in the NFL. The only team that had all all their starters under thirty years old in the NFL. Only team. And the youngest team in the NFL. You have so much to build on. You want to get rid of Lenahan? I'm good with that. You want to redo the offense and make it so that we utilize Dak Prescott better? I'm good with that. Why are you looking at these same people that were with the team last year? Go and find a new hot shot. Go there and find somebody, interview them, that's got ideas on how to use. Go get, what about the Chiefs guy? The enemy. Maybe he's ready for a change. Come over to America's team. I don't know. But get somebody new in there, Dallas. about whatever, but I, 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 I want to ask you about your Steelers and um, your boy Brown isn't staying out of the, out of the news. Um, you know, it, it seems that, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess my question for you is you, you follow your team closer than I do. Um, you know, there is a salary cap issue here if they try to move them. So with that said, do you think there's any chance Based on whatever you know, you know how closely you follow the team. Um, is there any chance that he comes back and is wearing the black and yellow again next year? I mean, I think there's minimal chance. Apparently, the Steelers do plan on reaching out. They do have, uh, I think they have top three or four situation in the league in terms of available cap money um, going into next year. So, um, I, okay, I don't think they will. I don't think Le'Veon's really going to entertain too much of it unless they give him finally the deal that he wants, at least an offer that he wants. There's going to be no um, negotiation, or there can be no, you know, reduction of what Le'Veon is asking for from his end. Obviously, he just went and did what he did. So the Steelers have to play have, would have to pay top dollar for him. I don't see that happening. I don't think they need to. 
either given the fact that James Conner played the way he did. Um, if Le'Veon's asking for too much, he's asking for too much. I would love it if the Steelers were able to get him. But I know that Le'Veon's going to ask for a, just a ridiculous contract. And, I mean, he definitely deserves it. But, um, you know, the Steelers have other issues right now, other situations to figure out. Uh, it's really tough to say what they should do or what they will do or what the team will even look like come March once the training deadline or once they're able to trade again. I, you know, this Antonio Brown thing really looms large, casts a big shadow over what the Steelers may do. And um, that's like the biggest domino, you know, the biggest domino piece to fall. And once that one falls, then I think we can actually assess the Steelers more accurately. But I would say little chance. Um, I, I think Levin's going to go at the end of the day. Okay. And he probably should. And he probably should. Right. And, and that's not me saying I don't want him, but that's me saying that he, you know, he sat out of the year for a reason. The Steelers were part of that reason, so. Okay. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you guys want to cover before we get on out of here? Anything that has to do with the past weekend, anything going on in the league that you guys want to touch on, uh, open floor right now. If there's anything that you guys want to touch on, now is our opportunity. Well, I know we didn't say a whole lot about the coaching. I don't know if that's like an end-of-the-year topic, but... um, No, we can do that now. Yeah. You know, uh, um, saw a lot of the hires, some some I like. you know, even though I am, I am really hating on this, um, this, this uh, young OC-minded, offensive-minded head coach with your quarterback. You know, because I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think that fits the bill of every good coach around this around this league. A uh, good coach needs to be able to um, um, understand how to control, not in a bad way grown men <laughs> not only how to get your quarterback to play well <laughs> they need to be able to control the entire locker room um, uh, but some of the hires I did I, I like Big Fangio finally getting his shot um, I didn't mind seeing Adam Gates get a second shot I'm just kind of interested in how it will go with Sam Darnold um, uh, the higher most Closely to me since we lost Fangio, we brought we have Chuck Pagano, so still three four but different language. So you know, it's always skeptical. Will your team still be as as good as they were from the from the season before? So ah, that's that's another question mark going into the next going into the next season. I will say the only thing I do like is that. We still have Khalil Mack and some other talented guys. So, but you know, um, I do want to say this. And by the way, my lady's got a migraine. She just texted me. So, hey, I hope you feel better. Um, get some sleep. Maybe, maybe listen. And me is giving me a migraine. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> shut up, K Star. Shut up. Um, I I will say this. I think that I I, I completely agree that, you know, we, we always say the NFL is a copycat league, right? We always say that. And it is amazing that there is this trend now to go get the 35- to 40-year-old quarterback-friendly coach because of McVay. <laughs> you know, it's like 
you know, hey, I've been around. I've been watching football a long time. McVay is the is the exception. Like that doesn't normally happen. Okay, that's not the norm. I mean, we've seen young coaches come in, um, you know, that were you know and, and fail miserably, and then later on, you know, do well when they got some seasoning. You know, we can talk about Pete Carroll. We can talk about Nick Saban. Although he got he failed in the pros, but he went into college and he's a legend. We can talk about Bill Belichick. You know, I mean, these are guys that got chances when they were younger and felt failed miserably, and you know, then were able to you know defensive coordinator all that, and then come back and now do very very well. Um, so so the whole McVay thing is not the norm. It's a little bit unusual. And I think these teams are going to find out that exactly kind of what Train said. Like, you need somebody, you know, the, the term that we seem to hear a lot, especially in the NFL, is someone that's a leader of men, someone that can command that respect. And I got to tell you something, you know, if I'm, you know, if, if I'm uh, uh, a key to leave, right, and we know to leave is volatile, now that'll tell you how good McVay is because he's the head coach. He got some mm-hmm. people on his staff. Okay, mm-hmm. so so he got his and and he has Nadalmikin and too. He also and, has two. Excellent, He's been a good excellent point, K Star. Another guy yeah. who we know is not easy to coach, right? So that'll tell you McVay got his crap together. But how many thirty-three-year-olds could come in and handle those two guys on the same team? Right. And then deal with the egos that he has to deal with, and a Donald you know, who's all-world defensive player, probably defensive player of the year, arguably. Um, Gurley, you know, people, you know, I don't agree with it, but people are saying he's the best back in the league. I think that's ridiculous. Um, only only with a Cowboy running back does this happen. That the guy, the guy so, so Zeke, three years in the NFL, and pretty much every stat you can come up with, he's number one in. As a, as a running back. The only one he isn't is, is catches because, as I said, that wasn't their scheme until this year. So now this year, he had like 70 catches because they added it. But, you know, touches, touchdowns, all that, yards, all of that, number one. But no, he, you know, Saquon Barkley's better. Todd Gurley is better. It's, it's ridiculous. Only because he's a cowboy. If he wasn't a cowboy, it would be, it would be indisputable. He's the best running back in the league. But anyway, I, I digress. But you've got a guy who's as talented as Gurley, um, so you know there's an ego there. So you know there's talent on the team. Plus, you've got those volatile um, personalities, and he's managing to be 33 years old, and he's a little five foot nine punk ass white boy. So you know he got his crap together. But that's the exception, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you that right now. I'm here to tell you right now. Piggybacking what Train said, teams that think they're going to go find the next McVay. Good luck to you. <laughs> Good luck to you. I mean, just to throw in there, just to throw in another example, and then when I thought about it, when I actually realized it, I kind of smiled. And I don't ever want to see a coach lose their job, but let's take these these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They gave gave Lovey Smith literally one year. They were so high on Dirk Coder, didn't want to lose him. Uh, to another team as a head coach, so you fire Lovey and you hire Dirty Coder because you want the offensive-minded uh, head coach that you think is going to help take your team to another level. Anybody know where Tampa Bay is now? 
bottom feeder so they go to his fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just saying. You need to be able to control your locker room first. You need to be able to control grown as young and old. Actually, they're all young men from my perspective. Right. You need to be able to control that first. It, 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 I don't care what you 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 put on the field. If you can't control those guys, you can't keep those guys in line. And you got you got folks like I mean, not to throw anything educational, but I mean you're the most recent example. You got people like Antonio Brown who can't even show up, and so and and if you're not gonna play, just fully support your team. You got things like that going on, and that's that. You're not doing your job as a coach. That can eat your locker room up faster than a, than a quarterback at bad play. And and we have all, all given Tomlin a lot of credit as, you know, a, a player's coach, but, you know, he don't take no junk, but he's also, you know, he, you know, we've all said, man, we would love to have him as a head coach. We've all, all four of us have said, well, one of us has him, but the three of us have said we take Tomlin in a second. And look at the challenge he's having. In mm-hmm. Pittsburgh this year, okay. So you know we're we're beating this up, but it's a valid point that what are these teams thinking? You know, when they bringing in these young guys, and then you got a guy like as, as Jay, you know, said last week. You know, Wilkes over in uh, Arizona, you give him a year, and then you just you, you throw him out like dirty bathwater. You know, I mean, what what do you think's gonna happen after one year? <laughs> you know, but you know. Parcells can't come in and turn you around in one year. Belichick can't can't come in and turn you around in one year. Yeah, you know I mean, unless you got Tom Brady, which is once in a generation quarterback. Like it takes time. But as Train said, and I'm co-signing, you got to bring someone in there that if you're bringing in a guy that like if you hire someone that has um you know has played the game and now he's a coach. You know, Mike Singletary played won a Super Bowl defensive coordinator, and then became a head coach, okay. Now, we know he wasn't the greatest head coach, but he was a good hire because he was a, he was a great player, Hall of Famer, won a Super Bowl, and then also was a good defensive coordinator. So, okay, now let's give him a shot. But it started with knowing that he could play the game, so he, he, get, he opened up his own doors because he was that good on the field, right? So if you don't have that, then the guy's got. Then what else is he bringing to the table? And he's got to have that cachet. He's got to have that. Yeah, I know what the hell I'm doing. And McVay, hey, you know he's a young guy, but he knows what he's doing. He's going Super Bowl, right? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. But it's so not the norm. <laughs> and I'm so happy that my Cowboys didn't try to go down that same road and let Garrett go and try to go get Lincoln Riley or something like. No, oh no, no, we're good. I'm okay with Garrett. Get rid of Lenahan. I'm okay with uh, Garrett. You know, I don't want speaking, to be young. No. Speaking of your Cowboys, so, I mean your 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 um, owner last GM. I mean, <laughs> he actually made sense. He said you got to think about who else is out there that you actually want if you talk about firing your your head coach. Like, okay, yeah. Is there really a better replacement than who I have? Right. Right, right. Although I 100% agree with that, and that is what he said, and he was right. Um, where I was disappointed was 
apparently Jerry and Steven were already heading down the road of getting rid of Lenahan, and someone forgot to tell Jason Garrett because he came out in a press conference and said, I don't anticipate any coaching changes. And then later on, Stephen Jones was like, hey, slow down for a minute. <laughs> um, and then Jason had to go back and say, well, you know, everyone will be evaluated. And he had to walk that statement back. So it became pretty clear that Jason spoke prematurely, wasn't in a loop, and that Stephen and Jerry were already kind of like, we, 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 need to, we need to pick this up. And what disappoints me is I follow my team really closely, and I'm a bit surprised because I know Jason has a huge involvement in those types of decisions. And for them to have – to look disjointed like that wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look for Dallas. I mean, it's over now, um, moving on to hire whoever they're going to hire, but that, that was not a good look. All you did was feed all the people that say Jerry, Jason's a puppet – and it's Jerry Jones' team, and, you know, it made Jason Garrett look really bad. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. But, um, all right, anything else that we may have missed that any of you guys want to touch on before we uh, roll? All right. So um, next Tuesday night will be dedicated to – no, wait a minute. Next Tuesday. Okay. Um, you know what? I will be, yeah, we may have to, um, so I'm going to Philly on Monday, and I'm on a, I'm taking Amtrak to Philly, and I come back Tuesday night, but the only train I could catch leaves Philly at 6, and I get into Bridgeport at 9.15. So we may, I think we can still do the show, um, but we may have to, like, start at, like, 9.30 instead of nine. My time. I think I'm so, good with uh, that. I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to do it on another, because the next day I'm going to be exhausted, so I don't want to move it. Um, so just kind of giving you a heads up, it'll probably be 930. I'll be in the car, so I'll, I will mute myself when I'm not talking, because I'll be in the car driving. But, but really, we're just going to talk about the game. So, you know, next Tuesday night will be dedicated to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and we may touch on, I mean, if anything comes to this PI call thing in the next week or any major news developments over the next several days, uh, we'll touch on that. But other than that, we're going to focus in on this game. And I think for us, um, I think what I'd like us to focus in on and like all our fans out there that listen is if we think that the Rams have a chance to win, what is it going to take for them to win this? game. I think that to me would be the conversation that we should be having because not for nothing we know what the Patriots are going to do. We know what they're going to do. Like, right, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to stop the run. They're going to stop Gurley and Anderson. That's what Belichick's going to design Mm -hmm. them to do is stop the run. Mm -hmm. And and they're going to make golf have to beat them because that's Belichick. Guarantee he's going to focus everything on stopping that run because that's what they that's really what they've done. The Rams are deceptive. They ever think they're this high power passing offense? Ah, the run sets up their pass, so they're going to try to take that run away. So Dallas couldn't do it for whatever reason. Um, one of the top run defenses in the NFL, and they couldn't do it. 
Um, Saints had some luck, but was Gurley hurt, or, 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 you know, what was up with Gurley? Because he's saying he was fine, but man, he didn't look fine. So, what do we have to look forward to next week? And I think that's what we need to discuss. It's going to be more about can we make an argument? Who is ready of the four of us? Is any of us ready to say, I'm going to pick the Rams and here's why? And I don't mean just to be different. I don't mean just because. I mean have the, conv- have the courage of your conviction. And my man Shannon Sharp would say, because I, I, I love his new one about that same energy. I love it. I'm going to steal it. But that same energy you use to talk about your Steelers or your Cowboys or your Bears, can we bring that same energy next Tuesday night and say, I know the Rams are going to win, and here's why. That's the challenge I put out there for us for. Can we bring uh-uh. that same energy to say the Rams are going to win? I'm confident, and here's why. And we got uh-huh. to think about it. <laughs> I, I, I know Trey for so long, I already know what that means, because that's how long I know Trey. <laughs> <laughs> They dodged two bullets, man. First, first a kick, and then a blown call. Oh God! <laughs> Tay, what's next? Like I said, mm-hmm. think about it. <laughs> okay, think about it. So, all right, um, let's get on out of here. Final thoughts, uh, JB. Your final thoughts. Um, just looking forward to the commentary for next week. Uh, Pro Bowl, as I was trying to say, but I think there's a delay, and, and I kind of got cut off. But Pro Bowl seems to be a little too watered down for me. It's not like back in the day, Sean Taylor, God rest his soul, and, and times before then, where the Pro Bowl really meant something. Now it's just you're alternate, you get selected, game, they don't really play. So it, it is what it is. It's funny. Uh, train, you mentioned Senior Bowl. That's actually what I'm looking at, too. So I'll be looking forward to watching that and just getting ready for more Super Bowl talk next week. When is the Senior Bowl? Saturday, 2.30 Eastern. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, K-Star, final thoughts. Well, I just hope the Steelers stay out of uh, the news cycle the next couple of weeks. Just talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> No more, uh, you know, random interviews or just anything. Can we just can we just not have anything happen? Um, and actually, one last thing: Tom Brady is just he's he's just so good. Like he is the anomaly. Like it's just so insane. It's just so insane watching him go into Kansas City and do it at this age. And like just convert every third down, like just to do it. It's just so absurd how great this guy is. Like it's 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 so conflicting because you know on one hand I hate him, but on the other hand it's so hard to hate greatness. Like it really it is. It's just like bro, he's. I'll put it like this: It'll be um, when he retires, it'll be a really happy day, but it'll be also be a sad day. It'll be happy for the Steelers no longer have to deal with him. It'll be sad because, you know, you're not really going to see another like him. Like, that just doesn't happen. The Patriots and Tom Brady, it's just it's so absurd. It's so absurd. Okay. Dr. Train, final thoughts. Man, um, yeah, uh, Senior Bowl, 
uh, this weekend. I, I may take a few looks at 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 the Pro Bowl because uh, you know we do have seven Bears players up in there. I ain't seen that in life forever. So I may take I may take some glances at it just 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 so I see my boys in uniform again. Fucking Cody Parton, <laughs> bitch! I need to I need to I need to start suing the NFL and put. You up a parky billboard. These, these folks in these folks in New Orleans is crazy. You understand me? <laughs> they spending extra money for nothing. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, other than that, man, I'm kind of excited because I'm 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 getting ready to go to the movies tonight at like 10 p.m. to see the new uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, movie anime. Okay. That's just the response I was expecting. Like, you know, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, um, I agree with K-Star on, on, on uh, Brady. Um, as much as I hate Brady, I respect him. Um, I think I have not seen anything like this in sports. Um, I think the only thing that I can compare this to would be Jordan in his prime, Tiger in his prime. Um, you know, to watch Jordan, you know, and it's the fourth quarter and you're going into the fourth quarter and, and if the Bulls happen to have been down, um, you know, Jordan generally sat in like the last two minutes of the third quarter and maybe like the first two to three minutes of the fourth quarter, then he would come in off the bench and – do what he needed to do, and you, you just knew if they're down or if it's a tie game, put the ball in Michael's hand and as, as um, uh, what's the guy, the coach's name, get Michael the ball and get the fuck out the way is what, um, um, can't remember his name, the first coach they had. Um, he also Doug did commentary. Doug Collins. Doug Collins, thank you. That was, that was Doug Collins. Um, so, uh, you know, and then Tiger in his prime, like, you know, coming down the back nine, like, I mean, just, you know, and, and I think with Jordan, I think with Tiger, the opponents were just sight outright. With, with Mike Tyson in his prime, right, you just, you, you lost. Michael Spinks lost that fight before they got into the ring. I mean, it was over, you know, um, and – I see a lot of that when people play the Patriots, and football's a little bit different. But you know, you just knew, <laughs> you know, when when New England won that toss. I don't think there's anyone out there who said that the game wasn't over. Now, you might have felt the same way if Mahomes got the toss because Mahomes that second half, first half, I don't know what was wrong with them. The second half, they woke up, up and came to play, um, and it's very likely that Mahomes could. And did the same thing, but you knew what Tom Brady was going to do, and even Drew Brees, who I'll get to Brees in a second, but even Drew Brees wins the talk, and um, you know, in overtime, it gets hit, and the ball goes in the air, and the other team, and the Rams get an interception. So one of the greatest of all time in Brees, and he couldn't close the deal at home in pretty much the same circumstances as Tom Brady, who was on the road, and Brady goes and gets the shot. Like, the man is, as much as I can't stand him, I respect him because he's that damn good. He really is. It's, it is, you know, we, we've seen a lot of good quarterbacks over the last 20 years with, you know, with, with 
Montana, I'm sorry, not Montana, with uh, Manning, so I was going to say, with Manning, and, you know, Breeze is still playing, and Aaron Rodgers, and, of course, Brady, and Big Ben's got a couple of Super Bowls, right? And uh, even Brett Favre is still in that, that, that generation. He's seen a lot, lot of really good quarterbacks, but, man, Brady is just head and shoulders above above them all. Even Peyton Manning, he's just head and shoulders above them all. Um, the other thing I want to say is I really hope that Drew Brees gets the MVP, regular season MVP. I think it is a tragedy that he's never won one. And you got, you know, Brett Favre, I think, won three, if I remember correctly. I think Peyton, didn't Peyton win like five, you know? Um, you know, Brady's yeah. got, what, three? You know, like, you know, and yet when you look at the passing records, like, Breeze is either has or is pretty much, you know, I know Brady's got a couple, but, you know, Breeze has been doing it just as long as all those guys. He just turned 40 and, and you know, was a play call away from going to, you know, another Super Bowl, has a Super Bowl ring, um, you know, Certainly, when you talk about the Mount Rushmore quarterbacks and you want to say four or five all-time greats, if you're not talking Drew Brees, then you don't know football. He's in that conversation, and he's never won a regular season MVP ever. Like, I know they're not supposed to do makeup votes and all of that, and a lot of people are saying Mahomes is going to win and he had the better season, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. I get it. But how many seasons did Breeze throw for 5,000 yards where everyone else only did it once and he didn't get an MVP? You know, like, like I, I just think it's I, – I do think you go back and you say, look, it's close, give it to Breeze. Just give it to Breeze. He, he, Mahomes has got plenty of years to come in and, and do what he's going to do. But Breeze is near the end. He said he's going to come back and play next year. Okay, good. I'd love to see him play another year. But he's near the end. All these guys are near the end. Breeze is near the end. Brady's near the end. Big Ben is near the end. Even Aaron Rodgers, keep an eye on him. I don't know. He's got a lot of injuries. I think I think it's shortening his career because it'll end. See, Brady didn't have any big injuries other than that one year. But 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 uh, Rodgers has had a few injuries, collarbone and knee and all that. I, I don't see him playing as long as these other two guys. So these guys, this this, this this is the passing of the baton. We're watching. We're watching golf. We're watching Trubisky, right, because he took his team to the divisional round. Dak Prescott, uh, Mahomes, you know, we're watching the next generation of quarterbacks as we – Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I, may, I may be missing others, but we're – as we speak, Deshaun Watson and, and you know, uh, I don't know, you guys know. I'm sure I'm missing some. But as we speak, this is a changing of the guard. It's happening as we speak. These other guys, they're winding down. They've had great careers, loved them all, and, and thank you for – thank you. Thank you, Peyton Manning. He's already done. Thank you, Brady. You want to play the 45, it ain't happening, but in the next year or two, you'll be done. Thank you, Drew Brees. In the next year or two, you'll be done. Aaron Rodgers, two, three years tops because you can't stay healthy. You'll be done. Big Ben, well, your team is disintegrating. You're the toughest quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. But two or three years, he'll be done. Like, these guys, it's over. But look at what's coming. Look at the next generation. Oh, 
my God. Something to be optimistic about for the future. And Trey and I, we got our quarterback of the future. K-Star, you guys might still get yours. You're going to need one in the next couple of years. So, good luck because you better go get him. Nah, man. We got Ben for another five years. We're about to give him a contract extension. A contract extension don't mean he's going to play. Well, mean contract extension is freeing up money. <laughs> that means going to play Bro. that whole contract. You still better than that. He just threw for, he just threw for 5,100 yards. We're good. So, how old is Ben? Hey, what you thinking? Hey, what you thinking? That's what happened. No, I'm talking about you talking about you just getting a contract extension. It don't mean anything. Alexa, how old is Ben uh, (laughs) He might be thirty seven years old. Like I said, two, three more years, tops. And it's over. He'll be thirty seven for this season coming up. So two, three years, tops. So Yeah. That's the contract restructuring so they can free up more cash. I don't mean anything. No, he, it does. He Next year was his, uh, his last year on this deal. I mean, so they yeah, – Yeah, why not do it next year the the deal? They're going to do it to free up cash. That don't mean anything. And they know they need to free up cash because they're going to have a hit if they decide to trade Bell or trade um, no. Antonio Brown. The Steers don't need a free cash. The Steers don't need a free cash right now. We're, we're like – we have like eighteen million or something in free space. We have an absurd salary cap number. We're good. If you get rid of Antonio Brown, you will not have that free cap space. You will have to still do a few things. And you never have enough cap space. And eighteen million is not a lot. We got fifty million, and it ain't enough. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, uh, we we have more. We we have we have a, a you know, for the Cowboys, we have a lot of cap space. But when you look at Demarcus, Demarcus uh, Lawrence, when you look at Amari Cooper, Dak, Zeke, Zeke wants a deal. Um, these guys all need deals. That cap's gone. So I, 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 I agree with JB. They're restructuring. They'll give them, yeah, they'll give him an extension because that's that's what you do. You, they, yes, you want him for the next two or three years. I agree with that. But it ain't gonna be longer than that. So they'll give him a five-year deal so that the money. It's pushed to the end, so it frees up more cap space, and they'll push off that that debt down the road a little ways. We'll deal with that later. Cowboys are still playing Tony Romo. I know how to yep, think. and I was going to say, careful, because Cowboys already have that blueprint for what you don't want to do. So don't copy that one. Well, Tony Romo made eighteen million dollars this last season, this, and now it's over. But he got paid eighteen million dollars this past season to sit up in CBS's booth and call games. <laughs> so, so trust me, I know how this, I know how this works. We, we've been victims of it. You know, I don't even know right. what Dez got um, this year to, to, to not play for Dallas, but Dez got some money too to sit on the sideline. That's why right. he gets it all and, 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 you know, go on Twitter all the time because he was getting paid by Dallas. And, mm-hmm. and in three or four years, other players he'll do the same way. thing. So I'm saying, y'all need to go get your quarterback now. Go find your next quarterback now. Let him sit behind Ben for a couple of years. And the sad so. part is, this quarterback's draft, is, is the class of this quarterback is going to be pretty weak, especially compared to this past year. Will Greer and, and well, with the exception of a couple of folks, with the exception of Haskins out of Ohio State and Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, not too impressed after that. 
So um, good luck. All right. Well, um, on that note, I will uh, let's get on out of here. Thank you guys for another great show. Um, next week we come back, dig into the Super Bowl, um, and uh, hey, you know, let, let's let's see what happens in the next week. Should be some very interesting storylines coming up. The other thing I want I'm going to touch on briefly next week. I'm curious to see what happened. I'm, I wanted to touch on it tonight, but we'll, I'll let it go till next week. But I may touch on the Eagles. Um, this whole Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing is very intriguing. Very intriguing. Um, and I, I, let's see what happens over the next week. But very, very intriguing. So, um, all right. So, let's get on out of here. Thanks, guys. Great show. We'll be, be back next Tuesday night. Uh, a little, we're going to have a little bit of a later start time to allow me to get off the train and get to my car. But we will be back here next Tuesday night talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. JB, you going to Super Bowl? I'm just kidding. Hell um, no. <laughs> Hey man, they got some seats, man. Like thirteen, fourteen grand, man. That's that's chump change for you, bro. Yeah, okay. You just just slide that <laughs> decimal point to the left. <laughs> hey, all right. Hey, train. Enjoy the movie tonight, guys. Enjoy your week. We'll be back next Tuesday night, and we are going to have the ultimate feud settled on the field. Super Bowl Fifty Three, Patriots. Who you got? Talk about next Thursday night. Everybody have a great week. Talk to you next Tuesday. Good night, everybody.